Let us pray. Loving Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful evening. We are able to gather together as one family once a week like this to celebrate your name, to hold on to your cross, to enjoy the provisions from your throne. In this world of despair, disappointment and uncertainty, you are our only hope. We hold on to you. We cling on to you. We love you so much, Lord. In midst of all these crises and calamities, you have been so good to us. You have been a guarantee for our life, surety for our existence. We simply fall at your feet. We're asking for a favor even tonight. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In the mighty and matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we do humbly pray. Amen. Amen. For this evening's simple meditation, let us open the scripture to read Gospel according to St. John, chapter 10, verse 10. The Gospel according to St. John, chapter 10, verse 10. Here's the promised portion for us even this night. In this portion, there is a beautiful promise given by our Lord Jesus Christ. By his own personal statement, he shared this to his disciples. He said, Thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come to give them life and make it abundant. I have come to give them life and make it abundant. There are two categories of people in this world of the living. Our world is called the world of the living. If you read Psalm 27 verse 30 and Psalm 116 verse 9, 142 verse 5 says, this earth is called the land of the living. There are two categories of people in this world of the living. One is those who do not want to live. Hebrew chapter, sorry, Job chapter 3. Book of Job chapter 3 verses 20 to 22. Those three verses say, there are people who are searching for death like a treasure, like a silver. They have been searching Job chapter 3, verses 20, 21, and 22 claims that very simply that the world has a category of people in this land of the living who have been searching for death. They want to leave this world since they don't find any meaning in their life. And there was a letter written to one of the hospitals in Switzerland by a very rich man. He said, please administer some medicine that I can die in peace because I don't find a life in this life. There is no life for me to live. I am betrayed by my wife. My children ran away. My secretary betrayed me. The sickness kills me. I am tired of this life. I don't have life in this world to live. So I want to die. Please help me. Not only the worldly people, even the saints many times come to this point. Jonah chapter 4 verse 3. He found there was a failure in his ministry. It was a great success in the sight of God. But in sight of Jonah, it was a failure. He said, Lord, it is better for me to end my life. Please let me come home. There is no purpose in my ministry anymore. Many a times, my friends, our ministry is a great success in the sight of God. 
We are worried about our own pattern of life to be executed in ministry. So many ministers of God, many times they cry out to God. It is enough. Why should I live in this world anymore? Why should I preach? What is the purpose in my life? Many a times we come to the great conclusion, uncertain conclusion, which is not at all appropriate in the sight of God. There was a Bible teacher. In his ministry, many were willing to be healed, but some people, they were not healed. He was so upset and brokenhearted. Take my life. When I pray for 10 people, only seven are getting healed. Other three, they are not still getting healed. So I don't want to do this ministry. Sometimes, my friends, even the ministers of God come to the conclusion, it is enough. Second King chapter 19, verse 4, a great prophet Elijah, he came to the conclusion, it is enough. I am not greater than my forefathers. I am not more righteous than my ancestors. Lord, it is enough. I have done so much for you. It is a kind of a satisfaction he received. The satisfaction which was not coming from God by his own self. Satisfaction coming because of the frustration. It's enough. I have done something. I have run my race. I have performed certain miracles through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is enough. Let me come back home, Lord. My sweet friends, when you find a life before you, you feel like dying. When you find there is no meaning in life, you feel like leaving this world. Hundreds and thousands of people, they are in this category. A Chinese lady written a letter to one of the editors. She said, I am living in this world because I don't know how to die. I don't find a way to die. So I am living in this world. My sweet friends, the world is bitter. The hundreds and thousands of souls even today. But there is another category which wants to live, which wants to live. I received a letter from one of the South African sisters and she was crying. She said, I have a daughter of 14 years. I am dying in cancer. Please help me. I have a life before me. I want to live. I want to live. There is a life before me. I want to live. For my child, for my family, for my future. Many people, they find the life in front of them. The life is waiting for them, but the breath is going away. Their dream is coming true, but they could not live any further. There was a king called Ezekiah. Isaiah chapter 38, 1 to 5. When he got the message that he would die, he turned to the wall and he was screaming. You cannot put in words his tears. The Bible says the great king Ezekiel. He bitterly cried. He said, God, extend my life. I just became the king. I am not having a child. I cannot leave this world. Remember that I have been so faithful before you. Please remember me. Psalm 102 verse 24 says, Lord, do not take me in the middle of mages. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 15 to 17. The Lord says through the preacher, Why should you die before your time? The Lord has appointed a time for us to live in this world. Satan wants us to leave this world before time. But the Lord says, Why should you die before your time? What is the reason and purpose for you to leave this world before your time? You cannot leave your family responsibility before its time. You cannot leave your job before it's time. You cannot leave your ministry before it's time. You cannot leave your blessings of God before it's time. You cannot leave anything before it's time. Jesus says, why should you die before your time? I have fixed up a beautiful time for you to live in this world. Ezekiel screamed. Verse 3 says, he bitterly cried. Lord, extend my life. Do not take away me. In the middle of my years, there was a dear brother. His name was Yesu Ratnam. 
in Andhra Pradesh. He was very radical preacher. His ministry of healing was very different. I was staying with him in his house for a few days. I got scared actually. And he would see a cancer patient. And he would say, Father, let this cancer come to me. Let this boy go home and live happily. Literally, I don't know the magic behind it. The very next morning, he would be vomiting blood. And he would be suffering. And he will go into the prayer room. He said, God, you cannot take me like this. I have a great ministry before me. That is the great promise waiting for me. You cannot take me like this. Give my life back. And he was always healed and restored. I was so worried about him at one point. I said, Pastor, why do you do this? And he said, this boy has no grace to live. But I want him to live. He has a great life to live. But his life is not perfect before God. But I have an agreement with God. That I will live certain age for his glory. The sickness cannot kill me. So temporarily, I take it on me. And then God heals me late. That theory I did not understand fully yet. But it happened. What I am trying to say. There is a category of people. They have a long life before them. But the breath is short. Satan is against their life. Their physical and spiritual life. Then Jesus says. Time for these two categories of people. I have come to give them life. Give them life. Who does, doesn't, who cannot live because there is no life for them. There is nothing for them to live. So they want to live this world. And there is here another category of people. There is a huge life waiting for them. A promised land waiting for them. The ministry waiting for them. Souls waiting for them. Prosperity waiting for them. The reward is waiting for them. The harvest is waiting for them. The answer is waiting for them. But they go through sickness. Sickness unto death. They don't know what to do. We have to cry out like King Ezekiel. Today the session is all about. We are going to cry out to God with one voice. Do not take us in the middle of our age. In the middle of our years, Lord. We want to live to the full for the glory. The Bible says, Philippians chapter 1, verse 20, not only in my life and also in my death, God will be glorified. In our death, God must be glorified, not Satan, not the doctors, not the world, not the medias, not, the, not any factors of this world. Jesus must be glorified in our life, in our death. The Lord Jesus' name must be glorified. The death also must bring glory to God. It should not create a pity in the sight of people. People cannot look at us pitily. They cannot say, oh, so sad it has happened to him. Why this happened to him? How come this can happen to this particular person who serves the Lord? No. Jesus wants us to glorify his name even in our passing out. I am prophesying in the name of Jesus Christ. Any spirit that is standing against your long life and strong life, it is being removed right now. That one day you shall leave this world glorifying God, praising God. Hallelujah. Some of you shall leave this world on your knees. Some of you shall be leaving this world when you are worshipping God. Some of you shall be leaving this world when you are preaching the gospel. Some of you shall be leaving this world when you are reading the Bible. Some of you shall be read, leaving this world when you are in the extremity of a good age, sleeping in the midnights. Hallelujah. Some of you shall be leaving this world in the early morning when you are still searching for God's presence. Satan cannot snatch you in between. I forbid it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he said, if you read 1832 book of Ezekiel and 3311, I do not like, I am not interested in the death of the one who dies. Even 33.11 says, the book of Ezekiel, I am not interested even in the death of the unrighteous man. Even the death of wicked person, I am not interested. I am not interested. The Bible says, if you read Genesis chapter 2 verse 17, the first word, death is recorded over there. And the Hebrew 
If you read in the Hebrew text, it says, the death you will surely die. The death you will surely die. That's the description. What is the Hebrew sentence for this word? You will keep on dying. God did not say you will die within a day. The day you will start dying. You will start dying. Your death begins. And there is a great scholar who has written about the birth of human beings. He said, the child is born with life and death. With life and death. They are living together. Life and death living together in a human body. In every creation. Slowly, the death is following the life. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, the Bible clearly says, sorry, 5, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4. In our life, life is swallowing the death. Every day, the life of Jesus Christ is swallowing the death. We'll come back to the subject shortly. And here what happens? The life and death bond together, he says. And slowly, when the child is living, it's dying. When the child is growing, it's dying. He said, every moment, the child is going towards the grave. Growing, going towards the grave. Becoming big, still going towards the grave. Getting married on the way to the grave. Becoming a mother on the way to the grave. Becoming a mother-in-law on the way to the grave. Becoming a grandmother on the way to the grave. Every system in the body which grows up in life, after a certain point, it starts dying because there is something called death which is born along with the child. And he could not explain more than that. The Bible gives us a description. Seven, Romans chapter 7 verse 9. The Bible, 7 verse 9. The Bible clearly says, When the sin entered, when the sin was born, he says, I died. When the sin was born, I died. When the sin died, I was born. I just put it in a simple way. If you read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, verse 5, Colossians chapter 2, verse 3, 13, sorry, 2, verse 13, we have been living in this world as dead people. How can we? Being a dead people, we were talking, we were going to school, we are getting married, we have children, and we are still living in this world. The Bible says, because of the sin and iniquity, the real person, John Prabhakar, was dead. The real person is dead. The true person is dead. The original person is dead. The person created the image of God is dead. Now what happens? The person is interfered with God. God comes into his scene and something happens. He gives his personal life into him. The Bible says, if you read 10 verse 19, book of Hebrews, and also chapter 4 verse 6, book of Romans, new life. What is that new life? The person, the original person who is dead, many, many millions of, so thousands of years ago, when the first sin was committed, he is given life. The death is also there. Life is also there. I will explain you with the help of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now 270 book of Genesis says, surely you will die. But the original text says, the death you will die. The death you will die. The meaning is, you will keep on dying. In every segment of your life, you will die. You will see the death everywhere. A tree will be made and it will die. There will be an animal, it will die. You will bring up a kind of a herd, it will die. You will see the death everywhere. The crops will come, then it will die. You will see all living creatures. They were not created with death, but you will see death everywhere. All through your life, you will be finding something dying before you. My sweet friends, you will start dying. That was the curse pronounced upon the Eden garden. But here, the Lord Jesus says, surely you will live. 
That is what written in Bible, Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 22, 33, verse 11. The Lord Jesus said, Jehovah Father said, you will surely live. The Hebrew translation is, the life you will live. The life you will live. Which means, you will start living. Hallelujah. You started dying in Eden Garden. And in this spiritual experience with Christ, which was born in Gethsemane Garden, you will start living. Then what happens? The death which started living and the life which started living together in us. And every day, every day, 2 Corinthians 5, 4 comes into effect now. The death is swallowed by life. The death is swallowed by life. Everything which brings you death will be swallowed by life. The life is swallowing. Life is swallowing the depression. The life is swallowing anything which is causing death. Anything which is bringing depression. Anything which is causing you separation. Anything which is causing you lifelessness. Now the life of Jesus Christ will bring, will consume and swallow. 25.8 book of Isaiah says, he will swallow up the death. The subject is this. We have both. But the life has got its own power now. It is swallowing every day. The anger is swallowed. The lust is swallowed. The desire of this world is swallowed. Slowly, every day, the life is growing. That's why he said, I come to give them life and make it growing. Make it overpowering. Make it victorious. Make it winning. Make it abundant. Make it supernatural. My sweet friends, that is why we are all called the children of the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hosea chapter 10 verse 1 and 926 book of Romans says, we are called the children of the living God. Children of the living God. Our God is having a name called living God. And Deuteronomy 5.26 says, and Joshua chapter 3 verse 10 says, our God is a living God. If you read Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 10, his name is living God. Hallelujah. That is why 1 Peter 1.4 says, our hope is called the living hope. Hallelujah. Living hope. Your hope is a living hope. Your house is a living house. Your heart is a living heart. Your dream is a living dream. Your blessing is a living blessing. Your ministry is a living ministry. Your house is a living house. Your family is a living family. That is the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ. And First Timothy chapter 6 verse 14, the Bible says, He makes everything live. You will see life everywhere because he is life. John 1.4 says, there was life in him. There was life in Jesus. And John 14.6, I am the life. And John 11.25, I am the resurrection and life. And Acts chapter 3 verse 15, the Bible says, he is the author of life. My sweet friends, his name is the master and author of life. But there is another person called Satan. What is his name? If you read Hebrew chapter 2 verses 14 and 15, the verse 14 says, he is called the person holding the power of death. And in another translation says, he is the, um, the author of death, maker of death. He is the author. He controls it. Or in a sense, he has a kind of an authority over it. And in the New King James Bible, it says, the power of death. Power of death. What is called the power of death? The death is having a power. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 8 says, it is a war, it is a battle that no one can escape. That is why the Bible says, if you read First King chapter 2 verse 2, King David says, I am going in the way all have to go. And 24, 13 book of Joshua. He says, I am going in the way all have to go. I have to go through this path. It is a battle. It's a battle. First 
Samuel chapter 14, verse 32 says, the Bible clearly says, death is bitter. Every human soul has to go through it one day. But you and me, having a different experience, it is something totally different. How it's going to be? We are all going to say that in a short way. And there was a Spanish saint. People call him the saint of the Spain. And there was an article about him I was about to read some time ago. And the king was very upset about his ministry. He wanted to bring his head, sending a soldier for it. And the soldier was sent for him. He came with a huge dazzling sword and said, Sir, the king is so interested on your head. I come to take it. And the saint was already in prayer. He turned to him. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. And the saint said, Please come close to me. I want to pray for you. And the soldier got shot. The saint said, You are such a great deliverer for me. You are a deliverer. God sent you to deliver me from this body that I can go and see him face to face. I want to bless you. Father, this body has come all the way to take my life. I will be enjoying your presence from the time I leave this body. But he may go to hell. Bless him also. Let my ministry have a soul. Have a fruit. By the salvation of this boy. And history says. He held him. He hugged him. He kissed him. And he thanked him. Tears rolling down on the eyes of the soldier. The saint said. You are delivering me from this world. From the compulsions of this world. From the pressing commitments of this world. God is there waiting for me. My sweet friends. Many a times. The death is like an enemy to this world. But for the saint of God. The death is a beautiful angel. Who comes with a garment of glory. That the soul will enjoy the total deliverance from this world. Those days will come to every one of us one day. But before that. We must be knowing something very precisely. Why does God still want us to live in this world? What is the real purpose of God? For us to be still living in the midst of all this pandemic and all other issues which are still troubling us. Every morning we wake up is a miracle. Every morning we open our eyes is a miracle. The Bible says if you read 1 Samuel chapter 20 verse 3. There is only one step between we and the death. I am living in an apartment. Every single minute I am hearing a siren of an ambulance. Every single minute. Almost all 24-7. The siren has been always echoing into the entire condominium. The wind is full of the noise and sound of the siren of ambulance. We don't know the real reason and purpose. But we know there is somebody is in need. Somebody is in danger. Somebody is counting the seconds. Somebody is really struggling for life. Somebody is struggling to breathe. Somebody is struggling to live. My heart is broken. Many times I used to pray, Father, this person who goes in ambulance cannot die. One day I was in a bus traveling from one village to the city of Chennai. And they brought a person snake bitten. And there was no room in the bus. And he was placed next to me. He was leaning on me. Heavy person. Strong village man. And he was foaming out. The village people said. This man may die any time. They requested the bus driver not to stop anywhere. But to stop only in the next hospital. You know it was the government bus. Flying literally. I never seen a government property bus. Riding on the road in such a high speed. The driver was in a great tense mood to save the person. It was almost late in the evening. And the wind was so cold. Flowing into the bus. And I was so troubled within my heart. That the man was almost leaning on me. In that cold weather. The chill wind blowing into the 
government bus. All the windows were open. It's a non-air conditioned bus. I was holding his hand. It was already chill. The weather was chill. The wind was cold. And this man's body was almost chill. I knew he was passing out. I made only one prayer to God. God, there are so many buses on the road. Why did you choose this bus? There are many seats over here. Why you made this seat empty for this man to sit next to me? Why did he choose me to carry this man in this bus along with me? What is the purpose? I held on to his hand. I cried. I said, Lord, he cannot die. I don't know his name and religion and faith. But one thing I know, you are in me. You are with me. You are traveling this bus with me. I cannot let this boy go. Please do something. In a few seconds, I saw his body getting warmer and warmer. In a few minutes later, in a few minutes time, the bus was stopping in a huge hospital. You know something? The boy woke up. He stood up. He started walking on his board. And people were just looking at him. They could not believe how his life came back to him. Even today, every breath we have in this world has a sure reason for us to live. Hallelujah. And one of the translations about this word, John 10.10, 10, is so fantastic and fascinating. It is a comment, commentatorial translation. A translation with a commentary. It says, I have come to give them life. But the, in that particular mode, they have written, I have come to deposit my life in them. I come to deposit. The word give is written as deposit in one of the commentatorial translation. Deposit, invest. I come to invest my life in you. Hallelujah. I'm investing my life. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 10 says, we carry the life of Jesus in this body. Jesus Christ has invested his life in you. You are a bank of Jesus. Every one of us is like a bank. God is investing. Investing the life. The Bible says if you read 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23. And also 6.53. And also John 6.53. And also Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. All these verses clearly say the word of God is living. It's called the word of life. God is investing the word of life in you. God is investing. Hallelujah. What a beautiful God we serve. Second Timothy 3.15 says, we are the church of the living God. In every way, you will see life. Hallelujah. 6.35 648, 651, book of John says, he is the living bread, the bread of life. When we take and consume that life, consume that bread, what happens? We gain life. That is the secret of the Holy Communion. What happens? The life is deposited through the word of God. We don't know. It is deposited in our mind. And we are consuming, we are taking part. We are partaking in the table of God. We take his bread, his life, his flesh into ourselves. We partake every Sunday, the body of Jesus, the bread of life. It's invested in us. We don't know it's invested. And the Bible says, if you read 17, 13 book of Jeremiah, and also John chapter 7, verse 38. And also John 4, 10. The Bible says, we are given a water called the water of life. The living water. It is deposited. You are drinking the living water, the Holy Spirit of God. You are taking the bread of the life, which is the body of Jesus Christ. You are hearing the word of life, the word of God. What happens? It is invested, deposited. You do not know. One day, 
This bank will become a huge multi-millionaire bank. One day the world will need something from you. You will be giving liberally and you'll be giving generously because you receive so much from God. God is investing all these things in this perishable body. That is why St. Paul clearly says, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, we carry the aroma of the life of Jesus upon our body. Can you imagine God has chosen this living, the small perishable body, keep depositing. You do not know. You may be saying, oh, I'm having too many Zoom programs this week. You do not know the generosity of God. God is depositing. The word is deposited in you. The love is deposited. The grace is deposited. The power is deposited. The wisdom is deposited. The knowledge is deposited. The seed is deposited. Oh, hallelujah. God is trusting in you that he is depositing and he is now investing the life of Jesus in you. One day you will need it. You are a bank. You are a ground. You are a bond. You are a what? In which God is depositing his life. One day, the world may need you. Every prayer is a deposit. You know something. When I was a little boy, so many saints will come to my house. There was a prophetess woman, Auntie Solochaba. She was coming every Sunday. I used to cry sometimes. Why this woman comes every Sunday with a sweet box with snacks and savories to make us happy with a little shed? She used to kneel down and shed tears and cry. And she would say, Lord, bless John. Use him one day. And she used to give a word of prophecy. After the prophecy was over, Brother John would be watching a cinema that night. That prophecy did not take place that week. That prayer was not answered that week. Next week, Auntie Sulaishna will come. She won't even bother about what happened. She will again cry and play. Almost five to six years. One day, Jesus started answering her prayers. She saw me preaching the word. She saw me doing the ministry. When I met her one day, she cried, my son, I know one day you'll become a minister of God. There was another dear man of God, Uncle Richard. He used to come every week. I used to wonder why the tears they had when they prayed for me. He will kneel down and say, Lord, give him wisdom. Give him knowledge. Make him as prophet Daniel. He used to weep and cry. But that day, I'm sorry, that year, maybe I failed. That year, maybe I did not score well. That year, maybe my teacher said, I was not qualified to be promoted. So many years later, I say it for God's glory. Every single word Uncle Richard prayed for me. Every single prophecy the Lord Jesus spoke through me took place word by word in every detail. But for 10 years, it was considered to be unfulfilled. It was considered futile. It was considered not answered. God is investing in you. His living word, his living grace, his living Holy Spirit, his living anointing, his living vision, living dreams, living passion. He is teaching you, investing in you, depositing in you, in your family, in your house, in your home. I have come to deposit my life in your house, in your business, in your ministry, in your personal life, in your prayer life, in your holiness, in your righteousness. I have come to deposit my life. Be sure the life of the Lord Jesus Christ is deposited in your finances. In your little finance, it is deposited. The saints' prayers are deposited. The prophecies are deposited. Do not underestimate the power of God and the prophecies of Jesus. 
and somebody called me a few days ago from London. He said, Brother John, I need to help somebody. Please give me some phone numbers. I sent a number and said, this boy needs some help. Please do it. And I asked him, what happened to you? He said, six years ago, I came to Jesus. Five years, I never received a miracle from God. I started losing everything. But so many prophets prayed for me. My diaries were full of prophecies. At one point, I could not believe. Even I lost my migration. I had to return to my own remote countryside for my survival. When I thought everything was over and finished, that is when the miracle happened. In this pandemic, God settled my loans, blessed my account. I'm overflowing. I want to help my people, my sweet friends, the tears of our ancestors. They have life. They are deposited. The prayers are deposited. He said, thief comes to take away, but I have come to deposit. Thief comes to empty you, but I come to fill you. Your life is full of my life. Deposited. Your child is deposited. I am depositing my grace, my love upon your child's life. She may be looking dry, like a dry bone today, but I am depositing and investing my life in her. Glory be to the Lord. My sweet friends, I come to deposit my life in them and make it abundant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Make it abundant. There are 13 meanings for the word abundance. One meaning says overpowering. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. The Lord said, My grace is sufficient for you. And in your weakness, my strength will be made perfect. That another meaning is, my strength will overtake, overpower your weakness. Your weakness is there always. But my strength will come and I'll overpower it. I'll overpower your weakness. Overtaking power of God. Overtaking wealth of Jesus. My wealth will overtake your poverty. My prosperity will overtake all your debts and all your burdens. Overpowering and overtaking capacity of God's grace upon us. Life is deposited so much in us. It is there. And it will be surely needed one day. Wanted one day, yielded one day, brought out one day, manifested one day. The Lord Jesus Christ has deposited so much into the church of God, so much into the saints of God, so much into the entire world through all these information technology era. And finally, the purpose for which the life is given to us. We are going to meditate that and going to have prayer for each other. The Bible says, if you read 23 verse 11, book of Acts, Acts 23, 11, the Lord appeared in dream to St. Paul and said, as he have testified my name in Jerusalem, he will also do the same in Rome. And things started moving from then towards Rome. And the beauty was, such a great scholar, this St. Paul was. Even though he was a great scholar in Hebrew language, the Hebrew people, the Jews, they were not interested to host him or interested to enjoy his ministry. The reason is written in Galatians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. St. Paul says, God has chosen St. Peter for Jews, but I have been chosen for Gentiles. And his journey started moving towards Rome. And the Lord happened to lead him towards a voyage all the way from Judea unto Rome. And the Bible said there are around 275 people in the ship. If you read chapter 27, the last three verses, if you know, all these people were not at all connected to St. Paul, but they were part of St. Paul. 
And the entire chapter 27 talks about how they were all clinging on to St. Paul at one point. If you read 27 10, even from the beginning of the journey, St. Paul had the warning from God that the ship may have a problem with the life and the properties. Anyway, the captains were not interested to listen to him. And verse 20 clearly says how much they suffered in the voyage. Then the Lord was willing to speak to him. After 14 days of emptiness, 14 days of quarantine, 14 days of struggle, 14 days of battle with the wind and the storm, wind and the waves, they had a conclusion that they would not survive anymore. Verse 20 says, we lost the hope of living anymore. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8 to 10 also confirmed the same experience. Now, in the midnight, in the sleepless midnight, maybe St. Paul had a nap. There was noise around. Wind was blowing. Ship was tossed up and down. The waves were roaring in midst of that chaos and calamity. There was a still voice coming to St. Paul in a dream. The Bible says, an angel appeared, maybe the Lord appeared, and said to Paul, here, Paul, there are two things. You have to go to Rome. Because the ship is carrying you. All these people have been your friends now. They have been part of your journey. For the sake of your calling, for the sake of the life I have for you, for the sake of my love for you, everyone in the ship will be saved. Soldiers, captains, owners of the ship, employees of the ship, co-passengers, everyone is guaranteed because you are there. They are needed. You are part of them. I grant you life and make it abundant. I give life to everyone. The ship may have a problem. The job may have a problem. The business may have a little problem. Maybe there are some scratches and wreckages. There are some damages, but your life is guaranteed because you should go to Rome to fulfill my work. I have a destination for you. I have a place of final destination for you. The destiny I have appointed for you. According to Rome, according to Acts chapter 9, 15 and 16, you can read from 14 also. Acts chapter 9 from 14 to 16. It was a revelation given to the mentor of St. Paul, Simon. The Lord said, Simeon, the Lord said, Simon, look at this man. He is the chosen vessel of my kingdom. He has to stand before the kings and nobles for me. He has to preach a gospel to them. Anyway, the long st story short, everyone has a plan of God having a final destination. What is the final destination? The purpose for which God has been guiding you. The purpose of your marriage, the purpose of your birth. The day you got married, you do not know the real purpose of this marriage. One day, you will know the purpose of your marriage. Hallelujah. Your marriage will become a blessing for thousands of people. In the beginning, you are enjoying your love with each other. You have got your own privacy, your own joy, your own understanding, your own kind of help with each other. At one point, that turns to be a great blessing for hundreds and thousands of people. Your wedding is not for you to be blessing each other. It's not for you to be just enjoying the love and care with each other. It is not that you're having few children and go away on your way from this world to heaven. No, at one point, your marriage will become a great blessing for hundreds and thousands of people. Your business has a purpose. The business is started. In the beginning, you will not know the real purpose. And the days, one day you will know. One day you will know. Your ministry, your life, every relationship, every journey has a purpose. In the beginning, you would not know. That purpose is called destination or destiny. Your loneliness has a destiny. Your suffering has a destiny. Your journey has a destiny. 
Your vision has a destiny. The destiny is nothing but blessing the brokenhearted. The people of need. Need of the gospel. Need of God's love. Need of God's provisions. Will be blessed by you. St. Paul was on the way to Rome. Then Jesus said, Look, because of you, the lives of your co-crew members, fellow passengers granted. This is the prophetic word for you today. Because of you, I guarantee the employees of your company, their blessings are guaranteed. Because of you, your church members' life is guaranteed because they are a co-passenger with you. Hallelujah. I have come to give you life and I will share that life with everyone. You are not a single person. You are not a lonely person. You need them. You need them. They need to sail the ship. You need them. They need you. We need each other in this world. For your sake, your church is remembered today. For your sake, your partners are remembered today. For your sake, your employees are remembered today. God guarantees them life. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 20, Jeremiah chapter 21, verse 9. Jeremiah 32, 38, verse 2. Jeremiah 39, verse 18. Jeremiah 45, verse 5. All these verses repeatedly say one single verse. I give you the life as a gift. I give you the life as a gift. You are given a life today as a gift. King Ezekiel says, the Bible says, if you read Isaiah chapter 38, verse 15 and 16, you can read from 14 also. King Ezekiel says, I'll remember the bitterness of my life all through my life. I will remember the bitterness of my cry all through my life. By your word, you make me live. You heal me, Lord. 33 book of Job, 15 to 26, the Bible says, the Lord repeatedly gives new life to his people whenever they cry for it. For your sake, your wife is guaranteed. Your children are guaranteed. Your grandchildren are guaranteed. St. Paul, look at me because of you. I give you life. I share the life with your family. I give you life. I share it with your fellow people. I give you life. I share it with your company employees. I give you life. I share it with the parishioners. I give you life. And I share it with your folk, the, the people in the same colony. I give you life. I share it for the grandchildren. I give you life. I share it for the co-ministers in the ministry. I give you life. You can share with anyone. You can share with anyone. First Samuel chapter 25 verse 29. God has a thread. He has a cord in his hand. He binds all our family members with one cord of life. You are bound together. All 275 are bound with St. Paul. Your family is bound with you with the cord of life of Jesus. I prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You are, your family is bound with you. The Lord Jesus has bound your family with you with the cord of life. So they will not be thrown away. They will not be missed out. Your son is bound with you. Your daughter is bound with you with the cord of life of Jesus. You are a bound man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Your church is bound with you. To share the life that God gives you. Wicklesworth came to pray for a dying man. And people said, Sir, you come with the highest expensive costume. You look so happy and joyful. You are shouting hallelujah all the time. But a person is dying. Please change your countenance. Be sad. Because it's almost a morning house. And Wicklesworth said, I have not come to share your sorrow. I have come to share my joy with you. 
I have not come to share the death of this man with me. I have come to share the life of Jesus with this man. I have come to share the life of Jesus. Let this man stand up and walk in Jesus' name. It happened. It is true the world is dying. According to Numbers chapter 16, 46 to 50, the Bible says, if you read verse 48, Aaron was standing between the dead and the living. He was making incense to God. He was, to, he was showing incense to God. God, I'm standing between the dead and the living. One said the dead people everywhere. Others said the living people. I'm standing in between. Ezekiel 22, 30 says, who can stand in between the gap? Psalm 106, verse 23. God picked up Moses for it. He was speaking of you. He is speaking of you. And the Bible says, Aaron was standing in between the dead and the living with incense in his hand. And the Bible says, the pestilence was withheld by God. The plague was stopped. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 8, 3, 4, and 5. The Bible clearly says, the incense is nothing but the prayers of the saints of God. You are standing in between with the incense in your hands to pacify the wrath of God. Wickel's word said, I have come here to share my life to this man. I have not come here to share his sorrow. I have come here to share my joy with him. It is true, the world is mourning today. We can mourn in our heart, but our mourning has to turn into joy. We must be having the life of Jesus in our hand, passing on to the next generation, passing on to the dying souls. And after this session, we are going to make a very special prayer that the gift of life be given to us today, that we will share the life of Jesus Christ with everyone. Hallelujah. Yes, we are going to have it. The Lord is going to show the way for us, the gift of life. It is to be shared with everyone. That is why the Lord said, I come to give you life. I will come to, I come to deposit my life in you. And also I'll make it so abundant you can share with others. There was a great man. His name was John Henry Newman. In 1833, he was returning from France to England. The ship was held up because of some currents flowing against his vessel. He became sick. More than 10 weeks, they were paddling on the water. He went into a great depression. He was about to die. The fever was too much on him. His secretary said, anything you want to say before you leave this world? He said, let me pray about it. After the prayer, he said, no, I have a promise. I have a promise. Hallelujah. I have a promise. I have a promise. I have to take that promise into my hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, I have a promise. That promise talks about my life, which I will share with others. In three days' time, he got her from his fever. He wrote a beautiful song. Lead, kindly light. The song is still giving hope to thousands. It was giving hope to the first World War soldiers, even today. My sweet friends, the promises of God. In Abraham was about to slaughter his son. If you read Hebrew chapter 11, and you will know from 17 onwards, the Bible clearly says he was about to offer his son, believing that he is a son of the promise. He will come back to life. He will come back to life in your personal life, in your public life. The Lord is with us. He promises us today, I come to give you life and make it abundant. Shall we pray? This evening's prayer is different. 
that we are going to receive the life of Jesus and we are going to give for others from today. I believe and I promise the healing power of God will be manifested upon your life. I am going to pray for the gift of healing upon your life. 1526 books, the book of Exodus says, I am the Lord who heals you. We are going to hold that Lord Jesus Christ in our life, in our personal body, in our personal existence, and become the healing ministers. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It was my burden. I have been restless for these few days. Hundreds of SMSs coming, text messages coming with the same prayer request. I was not tired. God helped me to pray for almost everyone. Thank you, Jesus. Today I want to pray for the gift of healing to be granted every one of us. I need it. You need it. Shall we ask him, Lord, give me the gift of healing, which will give life to somebody. You got deposited so much in me. How many verses? How many preachings? How many prayers? How many prophecies? How many blessings are deposited in me? How many? So much. So much. You have given so much for me. How many times I have read the Bible? You invested your life in me. Now it's a time for me to show my invested grace of God's power to be manifested. Now the time of maturity for the deposit. I must exercise the power of God in my life. You will share the life of God which is in you with others. All will be saved. Hallelujah. You are bound with the society. You are bound with the family. You are bound with the community. St. Paul was bound with the co-passengers. So many are going traveling with us. In academics, they are traveling with us. In social life, they are traveling with us. In family, they are traveling with us. God is going to spare them because of you. They are bound with you. You are bound with them. Thank you, Jesus. I am going to pray for the community healing. How many of you are going to join me for that? I am going to pray for the society healing. I am going to pray for the political healing. I am going to pray for the national healing. I am going to pray for the international healing. Why don't you join with me in faith? Now the Holy Spirit is over here. I confer in the name of the Lord the gifts of the healings upon you and every one of you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, let the healing gift of the Holy Spirit of the Lord be transferred, be deposited, be imparted, be granted on every single soul listening to this word tonight. Hallelujah. Gopal, God is filling you with his healing anointing right now. You shall be healing minister. Thank you, Jesus. I am seeing hundreds of souls longing for this gift of healing. Even I am one of them. I am one of you. Every one of us is going to receive from Jesus the life which will share with others. Thank you, Jesus. God of Wicklesworth, come here. God of great prophets, come here. God of the ministers of the gospel, come here, Lord. God of the apostles, come here. Please fill us with your life that we will share with others. Thank you, Lord, for listening to this prayer. Some of you are shivering now in the spirit, in the power of God. You are under the power of God. You are shivering under the power of God. Hallelujah. Your whole body, mind, and soul, they are shivering, shaking under the power of God. I am seeing some of you getting the real touch from the Holy Spirit of the Lord towards the healing anointing. Thank you, Jesus. The prayers deposited. They have life. The words deposited. They have life. The grace deposited has life. The revelations deposited. They have life. So many prayers of saints deposited. Your own prayers deposited. The tears deposited in you. Oh, God has deposited his life in your body. Thank you, Jesus. First, let your body receive life right now. Let your lungs enjoy the life of Jesus. Let your 
members of the body receive the life of Jesus. Now I pray also for your family. Thank you, Jesus. When I pray for you, brother, your wife will be touched also. When I pray for you, sister, your husband will be touched also. Since you are one person and one personality. Now, Father, I pray for the divine healing of the Lord upon every broken-hearted family. The healing power on every broken body be manifested tonight, right now. Every spirit troubling them to be dismissed and destroyed. That the healing anointing flow into everyone tonight. I pray with your love, Lord. With your grace and authority. With your anointing, Father. Thank you, Lord, for having been with us. Let your children enjoy the gift of healing. That from tonight, let the world see the healing God. The healing master through them. In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. I give you glory and praise. I give you glory and praise. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you so much for being with me. Pray for me too. Let's meet again next week the same time. Till then the Lord be with us. Good night. <laughs>